following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into Main Street Sports today on a Fat Tuesday, 1st of March. Coming up on the program today, we'll be chatting a little USFL with Scott Admondson, author of The Home Team. Stay tuned for that. Also, in the second half, we'll be joined by Teresa Walker on a variety of topics, including SEC women's basketball and Ja Morant. Have you seen him play lately? Fantastic. And it's Top 5 Tuesday, Overrated Foods. Sports books to screen? We'll see. The jury's still out. Now to a couple of guys that are fat on sports knowledge. The Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. Mo. Chris. <laughs> I was really worried where he was going with that. <laughs> Let's not be insulting, huh? I mean... I was about to turn my laptop this way so you could <laughs> make sure you can't see my gut. There you go. Yeah. It the, is. Uh, the frontal portion. It, it is Fat Tuesday, though, mm-hmm. which yes, is, is one of the best days of the year if you are a foodie. Yeah, get your king cake ready. That's why you wore your purple today, isn't it, JP? Partially. That went into it. No gold to go with it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Sorry. Right. Plenty of purple and gold to go around. Red, too. Do love some king cake. It's hard to find around here. I think you pretty well have to send off for it. Well, when Delta Bound was here, they made king cake, and it was legit. Like I said, I think you have to send off for it. (laughs) Maybe that little place over here in Columbia that's only open like two hours a day at (laughs) In 30-minute intervals. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. No matter what, it's going to be a fantastic show because we have a couple of great guests who are going to tell us a lot about what they know. Obviously, you all know Teresa Walker. She is phenomenal with a wealth of knowledge. And the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament does start tomorrow, so we'll want to talk to her about that. But, of course, last night, John Morant with one of – well. His best game point performance-wise of his career, but just some of the most incredible moments of the NBA season in one night. So you got to give it up to the former Murray State racer for just absolutely potentially lifting Memphis into the mainstream because the Grizzlies now, they've been winning – Nobody's kind of cared. But when you put up highlights like what Ja did last night, people start to take notice. Uh, When you put up 52 like Ja did last night, people start to take notice. Um, The Grizzlies are quickly becoming must-see TV. And and the Lakers are quickly becoming not. So, get the Lakers off my TV. Give me the Grizz. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk to Teresa about that as well. Uh, Scott Adamson will join us, and we'll talk about uh, the USFL, who is apparently getting sued. 
uh, just before the se- what what we're 47 days away from the season starting and now they've decided oh we'll just throw out a lawsuit why not so that should be fun we'll get some some talk about that and will the it, it, will the USFL survive Scott has been through literally every single off-brand football league in the history of America it feels like and he even wrote a book about it so we'll get his thoughts on what what's different about this USFL Art Briles out at Grambling the WNBA I can't even I can't wait to talk about that and rule changes listen college football definitely has some rule changes coming NFL is actually thinking about changing their OT rules according to the Daily Snark so Daily Snark yeah I know that sounds crazy but it it is from a legitimate verified Twitter account so well as long as there's verif- verification involved right there you go because if you're not verified it doesn't matter yeah, clearly <laughs> anyway all of that and more uh, looking forward to it why don't we dive right in to yesterday's results today's schedule and give you the rundown here's the rundown let's do it this is your tuesday rundown brought to you by jim davis at grow live give visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022 securities offered through ifp securities llc dba independent financial partners ifp member finra sipc investment advice offered through ifp advisors llc dba independent financial partners registered investment advisor ifp and grow live give are not affiliated in girls high school basketball action on monday night those were region semifinal games um in Class 6-4A, Summit season came to an end with a 46-30 loss to Hillsboro. Ravenwood also advanced with a 50-49 win over Brentwood. In Region 5-2A, Summertown defeated Cheatham County 48-39, and it was Loretta with a 56-13 win over White House Heritage. Junior college basketball action. Columbia State season comes to a close with a 67-61 loss to Rowan State in the TCCAA tournament and in the NBA action as we told you the Grizzlies get a win last night over the Spurs 118-105 Tonight's boys basketball region semifinal action in 5-1A down at Wayne County Santa Fe takes home Fayetteville at 6 o'clock followed by Moore County and Richland at 745 in region 5-2A out at Mount Pleasant Harpeth and Fairview play at 6 followed by Summertown and Cheatham County at 745 Oh, you, you took a breath there like you were going to say something, so I was waiting on you. Gotcha. <laughs> My bad. In 6-4A play at Summit tonight, it's Ravenwood-Franklin at 6, and Independence taking on Columbia Central at 7-45. And junior college softball down in the old hometown, Bevel State hosting Columbia State. That started at 1 o'clock, and that's doubleheader action down there in Summiton. And Columbia State currently taking on Wallace State in baseball here at Dave Hall Field and trailing five to nothing at last report in game one. SEC men's basketball action tonight, number 13, Tennessee goes to Georgia. That's a 5.30 start on SEC Network. Vanderbilt hosts Florida at 7.30 on SEC Network Plus. That's going to do it for today's rundown. First pitch today, 
is that there may not be a first pitch. The opening, I'm sorry, the top story is that MLB plans to make a what appears to be a take it or leave it offer to the MLBPA uh, before five Eastern today, which is four Central, obviously. And this this is a deadline that was extended from last night. They tried to get a deal done uh, before everybody went to bed, but they couldn't quite make all the the little things work. And so they said, let's come back tomorrow. We'll set the deadline for five and see what happens. Apparently, things went poorly. It looks like talks have gone backwards today. And uh, a couple things we do know, a 12-team playoff is pretty imminent. It's coming. Uh, Goodness gracious. It's Monday for JP over there. He's just breaking stuff. (laughs) Um. And obviously the DH is coming to the National League. So two things that some fans are not so excited about, including us, especially the 12-team playoff. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting a little crazy in, in the playoff scenario. I mean, what is it? It's a 30-team league, right? It's a 30-team league. You're almost so we, taking So you're taking teams. 40% of the league to the postseason. For what? Because if you make the playoffs, you get you get more money. So mm. this seems like one of those adding a classification deals. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, uh, I'm I'm pretty well resigned to the fact that the universal DH is coming, and it will likely be to my favorite team's advantage to have the universal DH. I just hate it because I like the strategy that's involved with the pitcher being in the batting order. So. Doesn't matter. We're not going to get it. Nope. So. Nope. So is what it is. I'm curious to hear what this 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 take it or leave it offer is. Well, I'm curious to see what happens if if the offer is not taken, if it is left, I, mean, I think it's, I think that means that they're just they're they're saying, all right, well we're we're postponing the start of the season. Then we'll just continue negotiating as we have been. I don't think it's going to be a lockout where they just don't talk for a month like they did in December. I think it's just we're not going to hit the deadline that we set. We are pushing this off, and the season's going to start late. So there you go. That's unfortunate. Yes, it is, especially with how close they came last night. Well, it's almost like people got some sleep and maybe they were drowsy and and tired. It's like, whatever, let's just get this done. And then finally they went and got some sleep and got rejuvenated and were ready to fight again. Fight again. So they did. No good. Let's talk Scott Adamson on the other side of the break. Stick around Main Street Sports today returns after this. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. 
Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, coming to you live from Columbia, Tennessee, here in southern middle Tennessee. We're going to reach a little farther south in this next segment and head down to the ham. Obviously, the home bubble of the 2022 USFL season that will hopefully kick off. (laughs) We'll tell you why it's hopefully here in just a second as we have a special guest with us here on the line. He's, well, 30-year newspaper vet, Mo. You know any of those? (laughs) I don't even know what to say. There you go. (laughs) He's been the sports editor of the Birmingham Post-Herald and the Aniston Star. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, spent some time in South Carolina as well in Anderson and Seneca. He's covered the Masters. He's covered the NFL. And he's pretty funny. So I'm excited to get him on the show. He's also the author of a book I absolutely love called The Home Team, My Bromance with Off-Brand Football. Scott could essentially i think scott is my long lost uncle mo <laughs> but we have scott adams do I need and to send your money if i'm your long lost uncle do i need to send your money or anything can this i just news to me can i just inherit the collection because my goodness i scott you can't see this but on our set uh we actually have in front of me a birmingham steel dogs mini helmet and the two bobbleheads the bobby humphrey and rusty the Steel Dog bobbleheads here on the set. And uh, we also have a Birmingham Vulcans program from when they played the Memphis South men in the studio as well. So. Oh, nice. We're close. I've got, I've got a WFL football sitting at the house myself. Hey, those were great days. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the USFL, but the the WFL was my gateway drug into alternative football. So I'll, I'll always have fond memories of WFL. The, the, and you're talking about the first one, though, not the second one where they confiscated the uniforms as they came off the field with the <laughs> Sheriff's Department, right? 
Yeah, that, that was kind of a sad ending to the championship game. You have your, you know, they, they break out the champagne in the locker room and here come the sheriff taking all their equipment away. So <laughs> I guess that was, uh, I guess that kept them all down to earth. They couldn't celebrate too much. Oh, man. it's It's been a whirlwind of a lifetime if you were a Birmingham football fan or I say football's really kind of been the one that's that's gotten them but but there's been some other sports that you know the Birmingham Bandits basketball team where they to save time they introduced the fans to the players instead of the players to the fans yeah so you ever been to one of those games Mo? yeah once or twice <laughs> Scott I, we did want to bring you in to talk about uh, the USFL because this this is a new USFL this is a completely new organization who we thought and probably did legally obtain the trademarks to team names and that sort of thing for the USFL. But a lawsuit has been filed in California saying that maybe this, maybe this group, uh, this, this Fox owned league does not quite have as much, um, usage rights as they claim and I know you wrote a you wrote a story on your website today about it, but you're not a lawyer, um, and no, not not even close. But tell me, you know, what does this what does this mean? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, anytime you're dealing with a legal issue, you know, like this, I guess the first thing that I'm thinking is, okay, is this is there going to be some sort of temporary injunction? You know, how is this going to work? How fast is it going to move through the system? And it just sort of caught me off guard because I remember, I guess it was last June when the league or when Fox announced that they were, in their words, relaunching the USFL. It was just a couple of days later that Steve Earhart, who had been a former official in the USFL, said, wait a minute, you know, we've got, we've got rights to logos and names and stuff. So, I followed that briefly. I thought, yeah, this could be a problem. But then it's like it just died. So after a couple of weeks, I guess I just stopped thinking about it. But but figured once, you know, they announced the name of the league and the name of the teams and everything, I just assumed they'd work that out, you know, whether they had, you know, <laughs> bought the rights to the names and logos or what. I mean, I just assumed that I'm thinking, obviously not or someone doesn't think it's settled. So that sort of starts the process all over again. So to that end, we do know the trademarks were were let go and Fox purchased the trademarks. Is that different? And you know, obviously the logos are the same for most teams, Birmingham's aren't isn't, but most teams have the same logos. Yeah, it's very close. I mean, there's uh, the Breakers is a little different. Uh, I think they tweaked the Panthers one, which is terrible. Because to me, the Panthers logo is the best logo ever. If, if they were going to have to swipe it, just go ahead and completely steal the original. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what is it about this league that can make it work? Oh, wow. You know, that's every league that, <laughs> every league that comes along, that's the question. And no one has yet come up with an answer, which is odd to me because if you look at, you know, baseball obviously for decades has had a minor league system. It works well in hockey. It works well now in basketball. You would think it could work in football, but 
but to this point, it hasn't. And, you know, for me, I'm always trying to, to figure what's it going to take? You know, what is going to be the, you know, who's going to wave the magic wand and figure out what has to be done to make these things work? Because I certainly think there's an audience for it. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of good players that don't get to play in the NFL or CFL that can stock viable leagues. I mean, no, they're not NFL level, but, you know, you can make a, a good AAA league. But I don't know. It seems like, you know, first couple of weeks, whether it's, the you know, this league, the XFL or whatever, people really seem to get into it. But then you move along in the season, you get to, you know, week five, week six, week seven. It's like the novelty wears off. And then if you make it to the end of the season, which is something none of these leagues have been able to do here lately, you know, the, the stakeholders or whatever, just they look at all the money they've lost and they pull the plug because they, I don't know, I guess for some reason in their mind, they think, hey, we can make money from this league, which maybe they can, but they don't give it enough time to find out whether or not they can make money from it. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think you're going to have to have a group of people and whether that's Fox or with the XFL, you know, whether it's Redbird Capital or whatever, you got to have people who are willing to lose millions of dollars for several years and just kind of, you know, tweak things and see what works and what doesn't. Then maybe at that point you could have something stabilized. But, but that gets back to your original question. Who is going to wait? You know, who's going to continue to lose money until they can figure out how it's going to work? That's the big question. In the world of business, and I learned this with the Steel Dogs because I was uh, I'm friends with many of the front office people and that sort of thing. It, the these sports teams are designed to be write offs for a lot of businessmen and business mm-hmm. owners. You would think that it, technically you can you can operate at a loss for three years. The problem here is that this is a single entity. And I'm not sure how that necessarily works because I, I don't know I, if the owner is the TV group, you know, most of your in most of the income comes from your TV package. Where do they make their money here? And this yeah, is that's just, a great question. This is just me spitballing here. I mean, do you guys have any ideas? Huh. <laughs> like, if you, if everything you, every other league in the world gets their their biggest income is from their TV deal, well, you are the TV company. I, I, <laughs> so yeah, so there is an inherent problem right there. <laughs> but I, I'm I, very confused. JP had a point, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, Scott made an interesting point about, you know, the other leagues have been able to find a way to get a minor league system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference is, and Scott, you can certainly uh, attest to this or, or help me out, but I think until the NFL itself actually goes in on this and supports a minor league system tied into the NFL with affiliates and that nature, um, I don't see how it can work. But you look at the others – you you got the G League or or whatever it's called now. WNBA is backed by the NBA. Um, you know you've got 
the minor league hockey leagues that are affiliated in some capacity with the NHL. Uh, I think that may be the only way if the NFL gets behind it, Scott. What do you think? No, I I agree. And, and one thing, and this, you know, anytime I say this, this upsets people who are fans of spring football. To me, you know, if, if I could do it, if, if somebody said, okay, we're going to do minor league football the way you want it done, how do you want it done? It would basically be like an, a football version of the G League, but it would be played in season, like, say, Tuesday or Wednesday night. And, you know, the 32 NFL teams, they put a minor league team in 32 cities, like, say, say the Tennessee Titans has a minor league team in Memphis. Yeah. And you play during the season. So that would never happen, well, yeah. Scott, but <laughs> yeah. well, you know, Birmingham, Birmingham is a big Titan town. So so let's say that. Let's say that yeah. Birmingham Let, let's, say that. let's say that. Okay. <laughs> Much okay. safer so, option. So we'll say the Birmingham <laughs> We'll say the Birmingham Titans are the farm club of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. You play in season Tuesday or Wednesday night, whenever when it's a really nice uh really light night for other football. You know, you have a, a tackle that goes down, you pull one up from your minor league. Or you have a you know, a, a quarterback who needs some work, you send him down to Birmingham and let him play. And, you know, I, I think that system, you know, you could experiment with rules and, and do all sorts of things like that. I think that would be great. I know I would watch it. I mean, I'll, I'll watch pretty much anything. But I would certainly watch an NFL-sanctioned, in-season, minor football league. So that you know, that would be my dream is if that could be pulled off. But it seems like even when the NFL, you know, dangles that care to possibly having a developmental league, it's always mentioned as a league that's gonna play in the spring. Well, you know, they tried that with NFL Europe and it I think being in Europe didn't was the problem. I mean, had they kept the World League of American football the way it was in the early nineties and just developed it the way they eventually did with NFL Europe, it could have worked, don't you think? Yeah, and that, you know, it, it still puzzles me that they did pull the plug on that after just two years. Um, you know, it, it seems like especially, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, when it became NFL Europe and then NFL Europa, it, it bled money, and that's why they ultimately pulled the plug. But, yeah, to just have two years where you have an international league, that it just seemed like they were really, really quick to just say, nah, we're not going to do that. And, you know, they sat out, I guess, two years before they rebooted it. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, that might, you know, certainly with all the power and the wealth of the NFL behind it, I mean, that would be the best possible scenario you could have as a, as a minor league. And yet, we've seen them all, <laughs> Scott. Yet. We've seen them all. I, I have not seen them all. I've heard all the stories. My dad tells me, and my dad has a Birmingham Americans jersey, man. Uh, oh, <laughs> like, man. Yeah, so uh, it, I've been there. It's the Americans, the Vulcans, the Vulcans, the Magic, the Stallions, the Fire, the Barracudas, the Steel Dogs, the Bolts, and everything in between. The Iron. It's it, It's been a rough go, but I'm glad that you've seen it, and – I hope that this one sticks around and you don't have to go through any more losing your team. Well, uh, you know, on, on the bright side, though, if I do, I could add another chapter to the book. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to, to look on the brighter side of life there. <laughs> that is, that, hey, if, if that's all you can do, 
Just look look on the bright yeah, side. There, really? There's there's always a bright side. Scott Adamson, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Again, tell folks where they can get your book and find your find your work. Uh, it's available pretty much. You know, if you just want to go to my website, it'll direct you straight to the Amazon link, and it's uh, adamsonmedia.com. I, I write a whole lot about alternative football, so if that's your jam, I should be able to uh, to provide some stuff you might be interested in. All right, man. We appreciate it. At Adamson SL on Twitter. Follow him there as well. Scott, thanks, man. We appreciate it. I appreciate it very much, guys. Thank you so much. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Art Bryles and the WNBA. So come back. It's going to be not, a- not together. Well, the- yeah. Well, yeah. They won't be together. The, yeah. We'll separate those. Yeah. But both of them have just ridiculous decision-making processes, apparently. So, tell you what happened on the other side. Stick around. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Don't forget to join Main Street Preps editor Russell Venosi and lead writer Tyler Palmateri as they bring you a recap and preview of the week's biggest high school sports news from around Middle Tennessee. They air live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. That's tomorrow, right before our show. It's archived on social media and on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Follow Main Street Preps on Twitter at Main Street Preps. Mo, well, let's talk about Art Bryles. He kept this job longer than he kept the, the the CFL job by about a week, almost six well, days. Well, I think part of him keeping his job so long was that his job was announced on Friday. Well, there's that. Take it out with the trash. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, he announced his resignation 
today, apparently. I don't know why. I mean, let, let's look. Why resign? You took the job. Make them fire you. Yeah, I mean, uh, just the whole the whole episode was pretty ridiculous. But yeah, once once you're there, I mean, why quit? I mean, how how? It's not like he was being affected by whatever was being said. I mean, it was all grambling that was taking the heat. They were taking the heat because of Art Briles, but it wasn't him taking any heat at that point. So, was this an a a hope to take the focus off of the Hugh Jackson Foundation? I hope not, because I don't think it will. I don't think so either. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is why I don't I don't understand the resignation part of it. No. So I look, Grambling is in trouble because the fact is that Hugh Jackson's not going to be their coach in the fall, whether by choice or not. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't have any inside knowledge of that. You know, it's it's tough to say. I mean, at this point, I mean, he was he was dug in enough to make the hire, and what would. Just like you say, why would Art Browse quit? What would make you think that Hugh Jackson's going to quit? And, you know, I don't see anything that makes me think that Grambling's going to fire him. True. So, I mean, if he's <laughs> if he's legally available, I don't see why he won't be there. So, now. Whether he's legally available, I guess, is up for debate based on the tweet from the Hugh Jackson Foundation that we discussed yesterday. I'm, I'm not sure, man. I think it's it, it's really we're, we're now in a situation where we're just kind of going, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, Hugh's got to find somebody to run his offense, which, I mean, shouldn't be too hard. You wouldn't think. But we know a guy. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't know what's next. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because this is gonna be something that I'm gonna keep an eye on for sure. And thing is the news within the swack in the last 60 days hasn't been great. No. I mean, since 2022 turned, the, the, all the positive that, that Prime got you, you tried to double down on it with all this extra stuff, SWAC challenge. Well, then you messed up something that was already there. The, the Southern Heritage. And yeah. now you've got Hugh Jackson, who's oh, a former NFL coach. This is a big hire for us. And then he does this. It's like... And and this has been a problem in the SWAC for a long time is they can't get out of their own way. But well, they have and, good intentions. And and again, Hugh in particular, again, inserting himself in that Brian Flores situation and then having Why? to backtrack 
and now this. I mean, he's he's really coming off not looking very good. Before he's ever coached a game. Never coached way. a game. <laughs> so, you don't have a lot of goodwill built up at Grambling State. I mean, all the goodwill you've got built up is based on what you're going to do. Meanwhile, what you've already done is create a, a lot of... big hole. Mm-hmm. So... No, I don't. I don't know how it works out for Hugh, but he's certainly he, he's already playing from behind. I would say. Oh, he definitely is. All right, let's move on and talk about the WNBA because the CBA violation left New York, the New York Liberty, nearly without an NBA franchise, a WNBA franchise. Now, what horrible action might they have taken to risk that? Well. They chartered flights for their players instead of flying coach, apparently. They paid for some players to go on vacation. Above their regular compensation? Above their regular compensation. It it exceeded the maximum compensation allowed by the CBA. Wow. Okay. I mean... I can't believe. Here's the worst part. New York Liberty owner, let me say his name correctly. It's T S A I Joseph Sa. I'd imagine I would think it's Sa, yes. Joseph Sa brings to the WNBA a company willing to charter flights for all the teams. The teams say, no, the players might get used to it. Come on now. (laughs) This is a problem. But it's the CBA. They agreed to the CBA. So who's at fault here? Both the players and the owners agreed to the CBA. And it can't be revisited not right now. You've already you, you've you've broken the rules that were in place. What is the recourse? I don't know. Well, they fined them five hundred thousand dollars. It was going to be one million. Fired them five hundred. Fined them five hundred thousand dollars, which is the largest fine in WNBA history. I'm sure. But we have to look at this in in context of these. If this owner is willing to to ch- do things like charter flights for everybody, then why not? Seems like you would let him. No thanks. We'd rather fly coach. So there and again lies the equality issue that. Lip that WNBA players have been fighting for mm-hmm. for quite a while, and and now you have an opportunity to address it, and because of the collective bargaining agreement, you can't. It makes no sense. Which is very similar to. I don't want to get into it. The situation in Alabama involving the Seventh Day Adventist school, and they agreed that they would forfeit if a game fell in 
that time frame. And despite there being plenty of options available to everyone, the agreement was this and we're sticking to it. And there's really nothing you can do about it. That's not great optics. It's not great optics. But how do you how do you go against it? I don't I don't know that you can. Yeah. That's tough. There's a great story. Southern uh Sports Illustrated has a it's their their daily cover story. I mean, it's the headline traveling violation. <clears throat> it's that's phenomenal. It really was. And, and clearly, JT's caught up in something else. <laughs> JP, excuse me. Howard Megdal wrote a great story. Check out SI.com. Traveling Re- violation. Read the story, traveling violation. And honestly, it's it's not going to be a fun read. You're going to be angry by the end of it. <laughs> I mean, anyone with a heart is angry because those women deserve whatever their owner would like to give them. You would think. So, doesn't matter. It's time for halftime. We need to take that break. Um, Well, I guess we need, yeah, let's uh, dish out some high school news before we get into the fun part. So, stick around. Main Street Sports Today returns after this. 